Wow, a letter from Nina. Oh, man, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Oh, my God. What? This is amazing. You can't believe this. What's it say? Listen to this. I don't know what you expect to find out there, Jerry. You know what you want better than me. But there's one thing I do know. I know I can stand here watching you try to destroy everything I've ever wanted in my life, wanting to smash your face with my fists, because you won't even make the slightest effort to opt for happiness and still know that I love you. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Stephen, I have something to say to you. I don't know what you expect to find out there. You know what you want better than me. Um, but there's one thing that I do know, Stephen. I know that I can stand here watching you destroy everything I've wanted in my life, wanting to smash your face with my fists, because you won't make even the slightest effort to offer happiness and still know that I like you as a podcast co-host friend. <laughs> you mean so much to me that I'm willing to take all your abuse and insults and insensitivity. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, because you're going to get a lot of abuse and insults and insensitivity. So the fact that you are a, happy to be my punching bag, yes, is uh, is 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 meaningful. So thank you. Because that's what you need to do to prove that I'm not going to leave you. Okay, simple as that. Cool, easy. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I you know the original words came mm. from the heart. And yep. I thought why not? I thought I'd heard those words before, but uh, yeah, they sound like the yours. Yeah, they are. Yes, mm, they didn't come from a movie at all. Indeed, no. I think it was Chapter 7, wasn't it? Chapter 7, Chapter 2, I don't know, some movie. <laughs> Starring Al Pacino. Starring Al Pacino. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Each week we take a Seinfeld episode and explore the secondary characters and make up a bit of a history about them. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen. And my name's Ivan. And uh, Stephen, welcome back uh, to the studios. You've been away for a couple of weeks. Stacey has uh, jumped in as co-host. So thank you very much, Stacey, for uh, filling in. Uh, how did you? How did everything go? Uh, it was good. I was in Germany for a couple of weeks. Nice. Uh, and it was really cold. Uh, and lots of weird things happened. But uh, Germany is awesome. I go there regularly yes. for, for family reasons. You do. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. But it's good to be back in Australia uh, where it's hot um, <laughs> and I don't struggle with the language. No, no. Um, yeah, and people know about Seinfeld. Seinfeld's not much of a thing in Germany. So yeah, I was going to say. It's good to be back You know where people know about Seinfeld, where I can make a Seinfeld reference <laughs> and there's a chance that people around me, you and others, would actually get it. So, <laughs> what kind yeah. of immigrant has a pony? Huh? <laughs> I have a I pony. I don't understand. <laughs> that's not even Germany. <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> Poland. If you want to follow us on social media, at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, we're on you know the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, yada, yada. Bidwabasspodcast at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line and say good day, you know. If you miss Stephen, tell him how you feel and uh, you know, and uh, tell us um, what you're doing. Yeah, pop in. Pop in, yeah. yeah be be a pop in guy. Stephen, be a pop in person and pop into our emails or on our social. Say hello. Just Ste- be a pop in guy. Stephen, big pop in guy. Big pop in. Love the pop in. <laughs> love the pop in. I love the pop in. I popped in. Yeah. Yeah. I do love a pop in. You do. I, I always get a pleasant surprise if someone just pops round. Actually, I think pop in is an American term. Pop round is what I would call it. Yeah, I think if that's some, more if, of the Australian term. Yeah, yeah if, yeah, if yeah, someone yeah. just turned up, yeah. like if Stacey turned up, she lives close to me, uh, you know, and you said, oh, what did you do on the weekend? I'd say, oh, well, Stacey popped around. Yeah. I wouldn't say Stacey popped in. Didn't popped in. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a dance. It's like pop and lock. It does. You know, it's like popping in. Yeah, it's popping in. Popping popping around. Indeed. This week, we are going back to season three, episode 21, The Letter, an episode which I told you about, Stephen, before we came here. A bit forgettable. 
um, you know, had there was a few laughs. Obviously, the Kramer portrait is one of the most iconic pieces of uh, paraphernalia in the Seinfeld universe, and sure. that kind of you know brought the episode up a bit, but not enough for me. Like enjoyable enough, but um, yeah, just pretty forgetful. It was think? yeah, oh, I agree. Um, I it just seemed like it was mostly average the whole way through. It nothing was bad, but nothing was great. Yeah, it was just pretty average the whole way through yeah yeah still still not the worst episode though oh that's okay <laughs> yes before we get on with it i just wanted to give a personal thanks to my very good friend uh and co-host and regular guest stacy uh she did an amazing job um and she was awesome so thank you yeah and uh yeah i i hope you well you will be back at some point <laughs> um yeah no i i appreciate it so it's yeah. good it's good to know that we have you um you know, as a friend and as a and as a co-host, um, you know, and someone who enjoys it as much as we do. So, yeah. and it was really great having her on as well. Yeah, no, she, she crushed fun. it. Yeah, she absolutely she crushed it. Yeah, I um I wasn't able to listen to the episodes uh as they were recorded and as they came out due to uh where I was staying in Germany having really shit internet. <laughs> um, so I was I had to wait for I think nearly a week or ten days to listen to them. Uh-huh. Uh, but when I did, it was yeah. Awesome. So cool. thanks Glad again. Much appreciated. Yes, no problem. Uh, and uh, yeah, the betrayal episode. That kind of uh, that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, a bit, a bit of a fun experiment. Yeah, that I mean, I knew. To do. You, I mean, you told me what what was happening before. Yeah. Um, you know, before I listened to it, so it's it wasn't unexpected, but yeah. it was still a bit jarring yeah. or a bit uh, interesting listening to something that I do, you know, most weeks and that we've done <laughs> nearly hundred episodes of. Mm, yeah. Um, and that is just second nature to us now in terms of just getting it done mm-hmm. uh, backwards it was a bit like oh yeah okay Interesting. yeah it was good and a nice little cameo uh, by you at the end uh, yeah. if you did stay till the end of the episode you would have got a nice little easter egg from uh, Steven yeah that's yeah, right we recorded that over Skype yeah we did which, yeah. which is good yeah. turned out better than I thought We no we actually <laughs> recorded that conversation before that's a real conversation from two years ago we, uh, we kept it you know in the vault <laughs> indeed. to bring out when we did the betrayal that's exactly what happened yeah, yeah. it just you know the conversation that we recorded two years ago happened to sound like I was over Skype indeed yeah my <laughs> voice was weird that day I was sick yeah, you were sick. I had, I had the Skype illness. It makes you sound like you're on Skype. It does. Yeah, you have this crackle in your voice. Very strange. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, we're also on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Bidwabaskin. Stephen, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, we'd like to thank our two current patrons, uh, Tim and Greg. Yes. Yes. Thank so, you so much. Shout out to you both. Continued support. It means a lot. Indeed. Thank you very much. You guys get benefits and bonuses and extra stuff as well. So just go on there and uh, check it out if you want to be involved as well. That's right. If you want to be like Tim and Bruce, uh, head over to Patreon. Tim and, and Greg. Tim and Greg. <laughs> Why did I say Bruce? <laughs> no idea. Huh. Bruce might be our third patron. If you're okay. na- if you're named Bruce, <laughs> if you're named Bruce, sign up. Sign up a dollar or two a month, yep. or uh, five dollars if you're a content creator. That that way, uh, I won't sound like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, you've got some interesting Seinfeld news. Something uh, developed a couple of days ago, which I found very interesting. Yeah, uh, no, this is a nice juicy one. John Voight's Porsche got sold, but <laughs> John Voight the dentist, though. That's right. <laughs> that's the one. Anyway, uh, his Seinfeld news. You can tell us all about it. <laughs> Okay, uh, so the juicy bit of news that came out through the week uh, was that Jerry Seinfeld is being sued by a company called Fika Frio. Uh, they claim that they purchased a Porsche of him, a 1958 Porsche 356A 1500GS-GTE Carrera Speedster. Uh, that's a bit of a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year for 1.4, uh, 1.54 million US, which is about 2.1 million Australian. Um, oh, sorry. It was purchased in March 2016 at an yeah. auction in Florida. Yeah. Uh, and they've recently discovered that it was allegedly a fake. 
Goodness um, me. Yeah. So uh, the court, uh, the the case was filed in a Manhattan federal court, um, and they're seeking obviously the the uh, reimbursement for the cost um, and unspecified damages. Oh uh, wow! Not, not too sure what they are. Um, they apparently between, um, you know, they, they first, uh, approached Seinfeld to, to let him know that they think it's a fake mm-hmm. and Seinfeld left a voicemail in June last year to quote, offer my apology for this nuisance and assure that you will be completely, uh, indemnified. Mm. There you go. So it sounds to me like it was unintentional. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Cause, uh, Seinfeld went on to say that, uh, in response to the case, um, that he had it assessed and verified that it was a legitimate Porsche um, before he sold it. Um, and I'm imagining, because it was sold through an auction house, and I'm imagining they have some sort of process to make sure that, uh, you know, fraud is minimized or eliminated to make sure that, uh, you know, it's all legit and above board. But uh, I believe that Seinfeld hasn't really honored what he said he'd do uh, in the uh, voicemail. Right. And uh, they thought, well, the only way to get our money back is to, to sue him. Is to sue him. And uh, Jerry will have all the high-priced lawyers and uh, the backing, you know, behind him to defend himself. Yep. So That's this right. will be interesting. Yeah. And uh, the last part of the article is that Oren Snyder, who's uh, Seinfeld's lawyer, um, said that the comedian acted in good faith. Um, and he he's asked Fika Frio for evidence to substantiate the allegations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they they've in turn ignored him. So they've claimed that uh, Jerry's ignored them and hasn't followed through on the the promise in his voicemail. Yep. But uh, now their lawyer, uh, now Jerry's lawyer, is saying that uh, he's ignored them. God, I'm gonna have to grab the popcorn and sit back yeah. and uh, watch it all unfold. For I sure. reckon as it unfolds, we should uh, we yep. should mention it in Seinfeld News for sure. What do you reckon? Yeah, like an ongoing saga. Yeah, hopefully, mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, more of it will uh, you know uh, unfold as it goes along, and I'll no doubt keep you updated. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. What's so, the final article you got? Uh, so a new bar opened over the weekend, over Super Bowl weekend in America, uh, in Sacramento, called Costanzas. Costanzas, yes, and. They're playing uh, Seinfeld on a loop on one of their, one of their uh, TV screens, aren't they? That's right. So yeah. it's a new sports bar, mm-hmm. um, and they have promised to dedicate one of their TVs to play a continuous loop of Seinfeld 24-7, or as long as they're open. Nice. Um, and in addition to uh, ongoing Seinfeld marathon, they'll also be hosting karaoke nights, eating competitions, and uh, perhaps a even a New York marathon viewing party. Goodness gracious. Yeah. With so, John Paul John. Then, yeah. <laughs> That's the episode we're doing next week, actually. Yeah, the hot tub, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> hopefully his alarm, very nicely. Yeah, hopefully his alarm works. Yeah. You know? <laughs> It'd be nice. <laughs> It'd be awesome if the bar owner, you know, like the day, the opening day, his alarm didn't go off and he was late to his own <laughs> yeah. bar opening or something That's like that. That's right. You know. <laughs> and then he's running and someone gives him, like he thinks it's a cup of water, but it's like a cup of hot tea. Yeah. Ah. Burns himself. Exactly. That's right. And that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good, Stephen. I reckon we'll take a very quick break and uh, we'll come back and we're going to talk about some secondary characters from Season three's The Letter. Today we're going to talk about Nina, who happens to be our second Nina in a row that we've reviewed. There was a character named Nina last week in The Betrayal. Yeah, you mentioned that on the <laughs> on the drive over and uh, yeah, what a nice little coincidence. Yeah, I don't think that'll ever happen again. No. <laughs> also her father, Leonard West, and uh, the people who buy the Kramer, Mr. and Mrs. Armstrong. So a bit of info about the actor and actresses and uh, the characters themselves. Awesome. We'll be back. Hello folks, Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. And I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character.
So Stephen, we are talking about the letter from Season 3, Episode 21. So I've got my plot synopsis that I always read out. I think it's going to be the 71st plot synopsis I've read out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is going to be pretty That's crazy. Right. Yeah, yep. yeah, insane. Um, anyway, here it is. It's the letter. First aired in the US, March 25th, 1992. Directed by Tom Sherones. Written by Larry David. Kramer poses for a portrait to be painted by Jerry's new girlfriend, Nina, played by Catherine Keener which an elderly, art-loving couple, Mr. and Mrs. Armstrong, played by Elliot Reed and Justine Johnson, admire. George feels obligated to buy something when he accompanies Jerry to Nina's art studio, especially when she offers George her father's tickets I to the owner's art. Book. Yeah, I don't get art. Someone has to explain it for me, and then someone has <laughs> to explain the explanation. Yeah. I know exactly how he feels. I like going to art galleries, and I like looking at art. Yeah. I get something out of just seeing it. But when I read a, a, you know, a really sort of pretentious, vague... <laughs> description of the artist's intention i'm like i have no idea what's going on yeah i just like looking at it and then that's enough yeah and also my cousin he's a part-time artist as well and Ah. um i went to because he's got a a studio with like other artists and they have like an open day you know you could buy art i kind of felt terrible because like i wanted to buy like some of his pieces and others and i'm like i don't have the cash yeah and do i feel obligated to buy art yeah no i don't know i I feel kind of bad i've been in that situation Uh, i went to a friend's uh it was like a collaborative art show she's Mm -hmm. an amazing illustrator Sure. Um, and I went to a show, I think it was, I don't know, six months ago, and she had maybe five pieces for sale, and they were pretty cheap. Like, some of the pieces from the other artists were, like, hundreds of dollars, and they were really good, but mm. I didn't have that cash at the time to buy it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to support her, but, you know, sometimes you can't. But you luckily, can't, yeah. luckily, all the other, look, there was a whole bunch of her friends there, but luckily everyone else bought pieces, so I was like, oh, I'm off. <laughs> so you're good. <laughs> I'm off the hook. I love, I love how, like, I know I'm going a bit too late in the episode, but I love when George is like, you know, when Jerry and Nina break up and she goes, oh, maybe I just won't send her the check. Yeah. You know, he was never going to pay her anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the time yeah. Anything to get out of it. <laughs> exactly. He's like, oh, I'm not going to send the check. Nah. <laughs> Stuff it. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, Nina's father's uh, gives tickets to the owner's box at Yankee Stadium. Uh, George then reluctantly purchases a $500 painting, which he tries to sell to Jerry for $10 at the end of the episode. With Nina's tickets, George brings both Elaine and Kramer to the owner's box. In order to get out of a prior engagement, Elaine lies to her boss, Mr. Lipman, played by Richard Fancy, uh, saying she must tend to her ill father, Alton Bennis. Yes, in Maryland. <laughs> yes. However, once the three are seated in the box, Elaine refuses to remove her Baltimore Orioles baseball cap, and they're consequently evicted. Kramer, while attempting to climb up over the dugout to retrieve George's Yankee cap that Elaine threw, is struck in the head by a baseball. What a great scene. Yeah. One of my, <laughs> for some reason, one of my favourite lines uh, in the episode, it's not even a, a comedic line, is when Elaine uh, objects to being... Uh, evicted. This is America. Yeah, I'm in a baseball game. This is America. This is America. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I get her point though. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. you know. And, and I'm wearing a baseball yeah. cap at a baseball game. Exactly. And, and the, I'm yeah. in a country where you can wear whatever fucking cap you want wherever you want. <laughs> Every you know? cap. Yeah. Well, you, you, can. <laughs> you can. I'm not saying that certain caps <laughs> yeah. won't cause uh, some backlash, but no, you're no. still allowed to wear them. You still can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it was it was very interesting because you know that rule. It wasn't like an, a rule that's enacted. It's no. like the accountant basically said, oh, look, yeah. you could get them upset. Yeah. Maybe they don't care. Oh, it's more about saving face. Saving and actually, face, yeah. you know, she didn't break a rule. Hmm. It's just, you know, be respectful of me and hmm. my request. Yeah. But, um, yeah, i definitely on Elaine's side. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so Nina and Jerry have an argument and, and break up. Upon returning to Jerry's apartment, Elaine discovers her confrontation in the Yankees' owner box was published with a picture in the sports section of the newspaper. 
After an unsuccessful attempt at stealing the sports section of the paper from his office, Elaine fears her boss will realise this and fire her. Meanwhile, a poetic and emotional letter is delivered to Jerry's from Nina. Although he is initially moved and humbled, Jerry soon finds out that the letter was plagiarised from the Neil Simon film Chapter 2. That's right. Chapter what did you say at the start? Chapter 7? Chapter 7 starring Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> while Jerry reinstates his breakup with... Uh, unintentional, of course. Uh, while Jerry... Uh, reinstates his breakup with Nina, the elderly couple who admired Kramer's portrait walk in to confirm their purchase. I stopped on a steamboat to Sweden. <laughs> um, Elaine is summoned to her boss's office, whose accountant is revealed to be Nina's father. As he recites, recites the baseball cap story over the phone, Lipman is amused and apparently doesn't realise that the offender was Elaine. <laughs> I actually thought that he did realise it was Elaine, but he was just, like, egging her on. Ah, uh, he was you know? just fucking with her. He was just fucking he, with her, he yeah. Knew, he knew that... Um she chucked a ciggy. Yeah, but but uh, mm. clearly, obviously, he didn't know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, I think that would have been too much of a coincidence. And then they found out, you know, when they, they went to the anyway. baseball yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, here comes a second security guy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Elaine must love, have been swinging. <laughs> I love when uh, Jerry and George just give each other a look because yeah. they realise what's happening. Yeah, they realise it's Hang her. Hang on. It's what's, like... what's Elaine doing there? <laughs> exactly. She's causing more drama. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And good. then she had to, like, have two security guards grab yeah. her. Yeah. She's just been like throwing fists. Yeah. yeah. She is a uh, she's a badass. She there, doesn't put up with shit. This is America. Exactly. <laughs> you know, she would fight. I mean, you know, when she's when she's in disbelief, she pushed people to the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just when she expresses disbelief or shock. Yeah. Imagine what she does when uh, you know, she's being evicted from a baseball game. Exactly. She would uh yeah, she would she would go down fighting. Indeed. And at the end of the episode, Kramer dines with the elderly couple who purchased his portrait. That's right. And there you go, yes. Yep. Some trivia about, oh, other um, secondary characters, rather. There's only one extra character. Uh, Shoshone Hall, he plays the usher who ejects Elaine from Yankee Stadium. Yep. Yep. The only other character I wanted to mention, because mm-hmm. uh, I like doing it from time to time, off-screen characters, uh, Lenny, Lippman's accountant, is mentioned. Oh, no, no, uh, that's Leonard West. Same guy. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. it is too. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, didn't, no, no. Even, didn't even realise. No, no, Leonard's the one who confronts Elaine yeah, in the hat. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, I've got notes here saying <laughs> Leonard West. Uh, but Lenny, I uh, know, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fair enough. Didn't put it. I'm still jet lagged. Yeah, that's so fine. That's, that's fine. been my excuse for the last four days. Anytime I've made a mistake, I'm like, I'm jet lagged. <laughs> yeah, you've only been back for a few days. Yeah, so jet lagged. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> in six months, I do something. Jet lagged. Indeed, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I killed a man. Jet lagged. Jet lagged. Doesn't count. <laughs> Doesn't count. Yeah. Bit of trivia about the episode. So this episode, Stephen was actually inspired, like many of Larry David penned episodes, uh, inspired by an incident where Larry wore a Yankees cap to a Los Angeles Angels game. Yes. He knew the accountant of the Angels owner and he was able to score free tickets. Oh, wow. And he was asked to remove the cap and his face was featured on the, f- not not the sports section of the newspaper, the front page of the LA Times the next day. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. There you go. There you go. Yes. Uh, now, uh, as you mentioned before, Kramer gets hit in the head by a baseball mm. and uh, because of that, he his brain's a bit, uh, you know, dysfunctional. Frazzled, yeah. A bit frazzled. He's still suffering from concussion. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, subsequently, he refers to Elaine as Carol and to George as Mike uh, and this is a reference to Carol Leifer um, and that's the woman that Elaine is partly based on that's right yes and uh, Michael is uh, Michael Costanza a friend of Jerry Seinfeld's uh, whose last name was used for George that's so I right I thought that was a nice little nod that was a nice little nod too yeah, yeah. very <laughs> and, cool and did you know Stephen Heidi Swegberg also auditioned for the role of Nina 
Yes, mm. I did. I've got that down here. She did, yes. And the newspaper on Mr. Lippman's desk was from Sunday, October 13, 1991. Huh. And it said that the Atlanta Braves defeated then Pittsburgh Pirates 10-3. There you go. Yeah. And uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus uh, and Richard Fancy, who plays Mr. Lippman, previously appeared together in an episode of The Art of Being... Oh, sorry, in the movie uh, The Art of Being Nick ah. and an episode of Family Ties. Nice. Uh, in 1986 and 1982, respectively. So they have worked together in the past. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Sorry, I, I misread that. Oh, okay. They appeared in the film uh, The Art of Being Nick, uh-huh. uh, which was a Family Ties spin-off. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. Yes. So the film came sense. out in 86. Yep. Uh, and Family Ties started in 82. So sorry go. about that. No, that's fine. That's okay. I'm, I'm not a Family Ties fan. So yeah, you, w- you wouldn't have had to have said anything and I wouldn't have known. I would oh, have been like, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'd yeah, like to be cool. correct. Yeah, indeed. You know, that's right. <laughs> it's either me or the fans who will uh, correct you. So... <laughs> yes. And uh, actually, in a later episode, in uh, Season 6, Episode 1, The Chaperone, uh, she's wearing her Orioles hat again, and uh, she's at the baseball with Jerry, and oh. uh, there's no repercussions for no, that. No, there's not. But, I mean, she's not sitting in the owner's the box. The owner's box, so no, no. I think the fact that it's the owner's box is what... The, you know, it wasn't the hat per se. Yeah. It was where she was wearing the hat. Yeah. But then again, like I said, I don't think it was a written rule. No. You know, because I've been to footy games where we've sat in, like, not the corporate box, but, like, in the members area, yep. you know, of footy games. And sometimes people from the opposite team sit in the members area. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's no big deal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think it's like, um, I remember back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I think it was Christina Aguilera was sponsored, was endor- uh, endorsed by Coke. Yeah, but right. But she was caught by the paparazzi drinking a Pepsi. Oh, okay. Something yeah, like yeah. that. Well, that's fair enough. I you mean, know, if Coke's paying you millions to promote their brand yeah. and, you're, and you've got a rival's, you know, brand, yeah. you know, that's fair enough. Well, it's yeah. not, It's. I don't think they forbade her from drinking it. It's just, it was a, you know, just... It, yeah. just I was, get what you mean. It's bad yeah. publicity. That's yeah. what I think this yeah. is. It's like, it would be... I can understand how it would be considered disrespectful mm-hmm. to yeah. wear uh, an opposing team's hat mm-hmm. in the owner's box. Yeah. You know, not not that I agree with how she was treated, but I understand why he'd be like, hey, maybe just take your hat off. Yeah. So. Have you have you been to the ball game and you've worn the uh, opposite hat in the owner's box? Let us know. Yeah. I'd be curious if this is like only unique thing. To that would be an David. awesome Seinfeld. That'd be sick. If you can tell us, or yeah. if you've been like, especially in the UK and for football, you know, if you've been in like the opposite team and you've been in like the home sides area or something you know let us know let us know what a situation where you were in the opposite team or you were supporting the opposite team and uh, you happen to be with the home crowd i've got a feeling that i've got a feeling that uh you know if anyone responds to this uh especially if it's about soccer in england i've got a i've got a feeling it's going to be more you know they try to beat me up yeah because uh you know english (laughs) soccer fans are very passionate they sure are and uh occasionally unfortunately they like to uh get a bit violent get a bit lippy Mm -hmm. with uh you know people other, you know, human beings just wearing a different colour jersey going for a different team. So, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully exactly. that hasn't happened to you. Hopefully it hasn't, but let us know anyway. I'll be curious. Yep. Yep. The uh, final bit of trivia I have mm-hmm. uh, is about the oil painting that you mentioned before. Uh-huh. Uh, and basically just the fact that it's become a an iconic image from the show. It's my I mean, desktop wallpaper and it's my vinyl skin on my work laptop. There you go. The, the yep. Kramer, yeah. I mean, it's on t-shirts, it's on posters. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it framed. You know, it's a, it's a very, very uh, iconic image from the show. He's a loathsome, offensive brute. Oh. Yet I can brute, brute. brute. Something. Yeah. Yet I can't look away. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He so. makes me. He sickens me. 
<laughs> I love it. So do I. But so do I. So good. And a um, bit about Chapter 2. So Chapter 2, in case you're wondering, I never heard of the movie until this episode. Uh, it's a 1979 American film based on the Broadway play of the same name, written by Neil Simon. Um, the story conveys the coping and coupling of George, a recently widowed writer, played by James Kahn, who's introduced by his press agent brother to Jenny, a just-divorced actress, and uh, basically both are uncertain about of whether to start dating so soon, and uh, George has recurring memories of his deceased wife. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. There you and go. And it's meant to be a comedy, apparently, so very good times. Yeah. <laughs> deceased wives. Yeah. Yeah, real you know, uh, funny stuff. Hanging, loss, grief, you know, all, all the good bits you'd have in a comedy, you know? Like <laughs> sure. All, all, the, all the things, all the ingredients you need for the perfect comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they, um, maybe they find humour in the grief. You know, <laughs> laugh, laughter is a good medicine. She's dead. <laughs> no, not like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I get you. No, maybe, maybe humor is the coping mechanism or something. Indeed. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Let's do what we love best or what we do best, though, Stephen. Uh, secondary character analysis. Sounds, we, sounds good. Shall we start with our second Nina in a row for a second week in a row? Sounds good. Whatever that means, yes. She was played by Catherine Keener. Yes. Born in 59. She's been, interestingly, nominated twice for uh, Best Supporting Actress. That's right. Uh, at the Academy Awards. One for being John Malkovich and the other one for Capote. That's right. Both excellent movies. Yes, indeed. And she has also appeared in the films The 40-Year-Old Virgin and recently the film Get Out. Yes, Uh, both awesome films too. And she got her start as a casting director in New York. Ah, Mm. there you go. There you go. So she's had a very illustrious career. Yeah. Yeah. I really like her her acting in this this episode. Yeah, she's great. Um, She plays the jealous type really well, doesn't she? Yeah, she she does. And she's not over the top. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like this, like, big flamboyant jealousy Shakespearean yeah, <laughs> interpretation just, of it yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a realistic jealousy yeah I think what really nails the you, you can like in the opening scene when she's like tell me about Elaine yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like straight away you're like why do you want to know about why Elaine know you're about obviously uh, unhappy with the fact that uh, she's friends with Jerry so she's one of those people who likes to cut her losses yeah you know she, she'd rather just like no matter how nice you were to her no matter how amicable the, the breakup is you know she just wants to cut you out that's yep. it you're done yep you know yeah. Don't want to know you. I think, uh, I mean, jealousy is not a nice feeling to have. And I think she'd be self-aware enough to realize that even if she wants to stay with someone, she obviously wants to stay with Jerry. Yeah. Um, it's not worth the pain of that constant jealousy. I don't think she is able to overcome it. You know, she, yeah. it's, it's easier to live with heartbreak than it is to live with jealousy. Do you think she's a bit needy as well? Um. I feel like she was a bit needy. Yeah. You know. Um, I wouldn't say needy. Maybe oh, just, a bit, right just a bit intense. Intense. Just, yeah, just yeah, very yeah, yeah, yeah. committed to the person. It's like, you are the person I'm with mm-hmm. and I'm going to make that known. Yep. You know, yep. but not, not needy in like a like a codependent way. I, I think she's a very independent person, yep. but she just likes to be with the person that she's with. Yeah. Yeah. You yep. know. Um, she, yeah. Yeah, she wants to be uh, comfortable and, uh, you know, she wants to focus on her art as sure. well, which is funded by her father. I was yep. going to mention that yep. a bit later. But, uh, yeah, she just kind of wants everything to kind of work work the way it is and to still enjoy her uh, her craft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I found her to be quite a, a very uh, emotionally driven person. I think she, she is, act, yes. I think she acts on impulse and what her sort of – I think she has a higher EQ than a higher IQ, if that makes sense. Um, but on the same tide, on the same uh, at at the same time, I think she's got a bit of a sense of humour as well. Yeah, she, yeah. I think she understands. She's self aware, and she understands that maybe being a a more emotional person, especially 
the core four, <laughs> then the core four, um, that, you know, that might put some people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think she can lighten the mood if, if she needs to, like when, you know, when she's having some banter with Kramer in the opening scene. Why don't um, you take her clothes off? Yeah. And then, you know, she says, I don't think Jerry will like that. Yeah. And then they both have a bit of a laugh. Like mm-hmm. she can take, even though Kramer's being, you know, a bit cheeky. He is, yeah. Um, she doesn't interpret it as him being creepy. No, no, no. You know, because he's not. A bit of he's light just, banter. Yeah, he's just, yeah, yeah. you know, being a bit being a bit cheeky and being a bit sly. Being a bit cheeky, and yeah. And she's, she's got enough of a sense of humour to, mm. to understand where he's coming from. And I think she was really in love with Jerry as yeah. well. Like, And I think because with the chapter two, you know, the paraphrasing, the plagiarism, if you will, mm. of the letter, mm. I... Th- believe she was trying to find the right words to tell Jerry and because she's a very arty person she likes she prefers to like handwrite letters and yeah. instead of like you know sending letters you know instead of like call, making a phone call making a phone call yeah, yeah. that's what I'm, I guess the 90s yeah yep. you know making a phone call or leaving a message or whatever yep. sending a message on sending an emoji mm. I'd have an emoji yeah <laughs> in 1992 dick pics you know whatever you're into these days I yeah. don't know sexting I don't know <laughs> um, but yeah I think she was trying to find the right words yeah but I don't think she plagiarized chapter 2 you know just to be lazy she yeah. probably couldn't find the words. And she's like, what's the best way I can convey this to Jerry? Yeah, well, like I said feelings. before, I think she yeah. feels a lot of feelings and she's quite... Uh, her The volume of emotion in her in her head and in her heart is really high. Mm-hmm. And when, you've, when, you're, when you're an emotional person and you're feeling a lot of feelings at once, it's hard to cut through that noise and that volume and articulate what you're really feeling. Because all of these thoughts and feelings are all happening and it's, you know, it can be quite overwhelming. So mm-hmm. I think she thought... How can I tell Jerry how I feel? Oh, yeah, I know that movie. I remember that scene where the letter is read out. That pretty much summarizes how I feel, so I'll just copy it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think it, she was trying to be a hack. I just think she realized that those words that were already written summarize. I, I think she realized that if she wrote a letter to Jerry, it would just be a rambling, incoherent mess. Yeah, Because she wasn't in a good spot. Of course. So she's like, these words are written. They summarize how I feel. I'll just use those mm-hmm. because... It's more effective than just a a, a load of incoherent, yeah, bullshit, rambling, emotional stuff that Jerry would go, "What the fuck is this?" And it gets the message across exactly. And how coincidental that uh, George's clicking skills on the clicker yeah. actually, you know, stumbled across chapter two. That's what right. About that, huh? Yeah. Can you imagine a scenario where? Jerry and Elaine, like, they didn't realise Chapter 2 was on TV, and mm-hmm. Jerry just kept flick, 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 flicking. Yep. You know? Yeah. And Elaine never had the remote. She wouldn't, he would have never have known. Nope. No. Nope. These days, if someone writes you a letter, you can just Google the the, uh, yeah. the lyrics or the uh, the words, and yep. you'll find the answer. Yeah. You know, back then, that was pretty... Harder, harder to plagiarise these days. Indeed. Pretty major that they found it, so, like that, you know, mm. crazy. Yeah, for a pretty strange coincidence. Seen any good movies lately? Yes. Chapter 2. One interesting point I wanted to talk to you about. Mm, yeah. uh, Lenny, her father, mentions that she used to be an actress. That's right, yes. Do you think she is a failed actress and she turned to art? She wanted to be creative in some way. She had a go at acting. She didn't make it or she didn't like it or whatever happened. And then she thought, no, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. And she went to art. Or do you think she was doing both at the same time and acting just maybe fell by the wayside as her painting got better or as she made a bit of money? It sounds to me that she tried different creative pursuits. Like maybe okay. she tried acting and dancing and... Yep. Might have tried singing or, you know, other mm. kind of pursuits. Then her father obviously bankrolled all those hobbies. Yep. She might have found art and maybe she realised she was really good at it or she really enjoyed it. So, she, you know, her dad was like, yeah, I'll just hire out a loft for you and you can go paint there whenever you want. Mm. So she's got her own loft. Yep. Yeah. And then she found a niche. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I think that's bang on. Mm. One thing I wanted to mention as well is uh, when her and Jerry are talking about Elaine getting kicked out of the game. Yeah. 
she is in complete agreement with her father and Jerry is like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe, you know, he sort of overreacted. I think she only, I don't think she truly agreed with her father. I don't no. think she even cared either way, but she just wanted to use it to have a dig at Elaine. Only because it's Elaine. Yeah. That's right. If it was yes. George yes. or Kramer or some other woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> George Kramer, some other woman. Um, <laughs> well, it's 2019. You can be whatever you want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgina and... Uh, no, I meant some other woman other <laughs> yeah, than Elaine. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, like an ex-girlfriend of Jerry's. Yeah, or someone, yeah. you know, if it was Jerry's friend or... Uh, sorry, George's friend or Kramer's yeah, friend yeah, or whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. She wouldn't have given a shit. She would have been like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Wouldn't have cared. Yeah, She yeah. wouldn't have sort of been so impassioned in her agreeance. But the fact that Elaine was with Jerry, that yeah. kind of added another layer to the jealousy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think Catherine Keener played the jealousy role really well. Really you good. Know? Really good. Yeah. Yep, yep. Well done to her. Yes. Leonard West? Uh, yep, her father. Yes, and uh, we'll talk about Lenny as well. No. Sure. <laughs> Leonard, a.k.a. Lenny West. No relation to Kanye, I don't believe. Uh, played by actor Richard Venture, known for appearing in Heartbreak Ridge and Scent of a Woman. Hoo-ah! Uh, he passed away in 2017, age 94. Oh, wow. Yeah, he lived a long life. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So, Leonard West, I mean, there's not much I can say about him, but, you know, he is obviously the uh, Yankees accountant, so yep. he, he pulls pretty uh, big clients and also Pendant Publishing. He's their accountant as well. Yep. So, he's, a, I guess, a corporate accountant. He doesn't do small fry stuff. You nah. know, he goes for the big fish, so for to sure. speak. And, um, oh. yeah. I was thinking, I wonder if, uh, you know, in season seven when George gets a, a job with the Yankees, I wonder if they cross paths, you know, off screen. Sort maybe. Of maybe. Maybe. He's like, I recognize you from somewhere. Weren't you that guy with that woman who I kicked out of the baseball game four or five years ago? No. No, no not no, no. at all. No. Not at all. No, I just found it interesting yeah. how George, you know, works for them, uh, you know, three, four seasons, three seasons later. You mm. know, it's very interesting. Yep. Yeah. I, um, I thought it was interesting how he, uh, I think he likes the owner of you know, or Steinbrenner, he's the owner. Yeah. We'll assume he's talking about Stone uh, Steinbrenner. <laughs> Steinbrenner. 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 Whoa, Steinbrenner. Dude. Yes. <laughs> Steinbrenner, man. <laughs> Hit those bases, man. <laughs> Home run. Actually, dude. while you, while you're doing the surfy oh, voice, we should probably mention um, we <laughs> last year. I think we mentioned it uh, when we recorded it last September, I believe. Uh, we guested on a podcast here in Melbourne called Picture This. Uh, two fellas who Nick and Nick and Lachlan. That's right. Yeah. Um, they each week take a plot synopsis. Uh, sorry, a movie genre, a prop, and a a word, a word, a word to use in the title of your film. That's right. Yeah. And uh, they basically have them and their guests. They use those three uh, devices to create a entirely fictional. Uh, uh, movie plot. Yeah, movie plot. And then yeah. they cast it with real actors and actresses. Kind of like what we're doing with season 10. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But it's, but it's more a bit movie. more. It's a bit more outlandish. <laughs> it's a bit more outlandish, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. Th- thanks to Nick and Lachlan as well. Um, yeah. I think in the, we'll put in the show notes uh, their podcast link. Yeah. So if you can go listen to yeah. us and to any other episodes. Yeah. And yeah. the reason I mentioned it is that uh, it wasn't uh, released until about a week ago. Mm. Um, yeah. So thanks for having us on. Yeah. And, thanks, uh, guys. Yeah. It turned out awesome. And uh, yeah, we'll put the link in. And if you want to have a listen, go have a listen. We, uh, we were really happy with it. It was really fun. Yeah, that's why when I was like going, woo, that yeah, kind of, yeah. you, you have to listen to the episode to understand it. Brody Declan. Brody yeah. Declan, main character, played by Alex Wintour. That's right. From Balance yeah. Head, dude. Yeah. But anyway, we'll put the link in the show notes for the podcast and listen to our episode and you'll see exactly what we mean. Yeah. yeah. And uh, listen to their other episodes too. Yeah, I've listened to quite great. a few. They're, they're all great. they're all awesome. Yeah, they're fun. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to mention one more thing about Lenny slash Leonard. Um, I think he doesn't just ask Elaine to take the cap off because, um, you know, Steinbrenner and Yankees are an important business client. I think he actually likes Steinbrenner. Yeah. Because 
him asking Elaine came across as if, you know, it, this is a personal affront to my friend. Yeah. Not just, uh, I need to save face because it might it might affect our business relationship. And, and, and again, it like seemed I like he was, yeah. yeah. And like I mentioned before, it's not a set rule. No. Like, I'm sure you can walk in there and yeah, wear yeah, an Orioles yeah. cap, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, who yeah. cares? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah I, I agree. I, yeah, I think he thought that, oh, this might not just compromise my business relationship. This is something that will bother my mate. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to upset him because yeah. I respect him as a person. But on the other side of the coin, do you think Leonard should have just been a bit more calmer or maybe said, oh, look... You know, you wear the hat, but, you know, if you could, like, take it off sometimes, you know, that'd be great. Do you think uh, he should have been a bit more fairer on Elaine or just said, look, don't worry about it, you know? Um, like, do you think he should have just been a bit more lenient? I think he was being a bit too heavy-handed. Yeah, myself. for sure. I yeah. mean, he was... Yeah, look, I I understand where he was coming from, uh. but at the same time, I understand why Elaine objected so passionately mm. and basically said, no, either kick me out or yep. or... I'm not going anywhere, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question honestly. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone was clearly in the wrong. I think they both had their points, mm-hmm. and it's just that their points were in complete contention of each other that yeah. caused the situation. And Elaine says, "This is America." And, yeah, uh, I'm at a baseball game. This is America. Exactly. And uh, you know, 27 years later, Childish Gambino would be saying the same thing. Yep. This, this is, is America. America. That's Good right. song. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't remember him wearing a Baltimore cap, but no. Uh, yeah. No. I remember a lot of like dancing and yeah. bombs and stuff. some gospel singers yeah, and guns right. and had it all. All sorts of things. Indeed, yes. Let's talk about Mr. and Mrs. Armstrong. Indeed, uh, no relation to Neil, I don't believe. Uh, Mr. Armstrong was, I love doing that. <laughs> it's like no relation to this famous person. Uh, Mr. Armstrong, we'll start with him. Uh, he was played by actor and writer Elliot Reed, known for appearing in the Marilyn Monroe vehicle Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Okay. Uh, as well as Inherit the Wind and Vicky, and he too passed away in 2013. He was aged 93. Huh. Yes. Long wickets on this episode. Indeed. And Mrs. Armstrong, she was played by actress Justine Johnson, known for appearing in Fatal Attraction and Nine and a Half Weeks. Oh, nice. Uh, she also <laughs> passed away. Well, they were older in the yeah. ep- this episode anyway, probably in their 60s. Yep. You know, so it makes yeah. sense. Uh, she passed away in 2006, aged 84. Okay. Yes. Another long life. I loved Mr. and Mrs. Armstrong. They're funny. For me, they're like the Mary Cantati of this episode. Okay. You know. Short but sweet. They're actually in my top 20. Oh, wow. Site secondaries. I put them both. Okay. Um, yeah. Like You've got to treat them as one, don't you? You have to, yeah. They're in my top 20. I'll, I'll mention after this next ad break or after the next ad break, you know, where they're in. Yep. But yeah, really enjoyed their characters. You know, they have minimal dialogue, but it's just hits. You yep. know, they're like... You know, commenting on the art and commenting on Kramer. It just it just hits. For sure. I love it. And it's just so regal and British, you know. I've got a feeling I don't think they're British. You don't I think th- so? No, I think they're, they're just, just got- very high and American. Yes, I think they've just got the tra- it's called the transatlantic accent. It's the oh, same okay, right. it's the same accent as Frasier. Yeah. So it's a basically an accent uh, it's like a, it's a waspy accent. Oh, okay, sure. You know, like a lot of wealthy white people, especially in the northeast of America, in like Massachusetts sure, and New York sure. and all those sort of areas, oh. have that accent where it sounds British. But right. if you listen carefully, okay. it sounds American as well. Oh, I thought it was British. I don't think British. so okay. because they obviously live in America. They do. Yes. I mean, they've got you know a house there, and, and Kramer comes over. Um, yeah, so I reckon they were, you know, British by descent from way back when. But, uh, yeah, I think by birth American. Okay. They've just got that that transatlantic accent. And I find it interesting how they purchase their art and look at art. They don't go to, like, Sotheby's, you know, and go to the auctions mm. or whatever, but they go to, like, the small lofts as well. How yeah. do you think they found Nina? 
Uh, maybe her father introduced. Actually, maybe her father introduced. That would make sense. Her, yeah. I mean, her yeah, father yeah. would mix in some pretty wealthy circles. Indeed. So maybe he was like, "Oh, look, my daughter's an artist. You Come know, and have a look. Come have a look." And, yeah. You know, who'd be in that dingy loft? You wouldn't see people like them in there. Yes. You know, I reckon they're the sort of people that would purposely buy art from more obscure artists just to have like an edge over their friends. It's like, oh, look at this painting I got. Well, I went to this obscure artist loft and bought it from her directly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. it almost as just like to, to out-cool their, their other rich mates who collect art. And then their rich mates are like, I purchased a Picasso for $50 million. Yes. And they're like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, really loved them. I yep. loved how, like I said, the minimal dialogue, like for me, for my, for my favorite secondaries, Sometimes you don't... I've mentioned this several times during the series. You don't need, like, to be in an episode for, like, half the time. You don't need to be in, like, a story arc. Just a couple of scenes. And Quality of the quantity. Yeah. So I loved Mr. and Mrs. Armstrong. For they sure. They were great. Yep. Yes. Yes. And they made the Kramer. Yes. Mm. I really like them. Me too. Yes. Uh, that's all the secondaries for the episode. It is, yeah. It's going to be a bit of a shorter episode than usual. Um, but I guess we'll take one more break, Steve, and uh, we'll, we'll find out where the letter sits in my episodes of all time. Uh, I don't think you've ranked them yet, have you? No. No. <laughs> no. That's okay. Jet lagged. Jet lagged. That's okay. Next week, you can mention them. I'll still be jet lagged. <laughs> a year later. Yep. Still jet lagged. Yep. And uh, yeah, well, I, I've already mentioned Mr. and Mrs. Armstrong in my top 20, but uh, you'll find out where they're going to be and if Nina and Lenny are in there as well. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. And we'll be back. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I can't look away. And time and space. He sickens me. I love it. Me too. Welcome back. We've just gone through some secondary characters from this week's episode. We are talking about season three's The Letter. Mmm, yes. Uh, and, well, let's just get into it. Where do... Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Armstrong sit in your top 20 secondary characters of all time. Yeah, well, I did mention before the break that they'd be in my top 20, but um, uh, Nina and Lenny aren't in my top 20 either. I uh, thought I'd let you know that. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Armstrong, they are number 15. Okay. Yes, so they knock off Bruce the maitre d' from the Chinese restaurant. Right. He's out of my top 20. Okay. Yes, so they sit in between Mickey Abbott at number 14 and uh, Dr. Watley at number 16. Okay. Mm. Nice. Yes. Nice entry. Yeah, a nice entry indeed. <laughs> with, no, with, I was going to say like with a bullet, number 15 yep. with a bullet. Yep. Yes. Awesome. Uh, um, now, in my top 71, I should say, episodes that we have reviewed so far, the letter for me, Steve, number 55. Okay, I towards did, the bottom. Yeah, not as enjoyable. A few good bits in there, but uh, yeah, pretty forgettable. Yeah. You know, yeah. How about yourself? Like, I know you haven't ranked, you haven't given them a number, yeah, but like, probably, where would you put it? Yeah, yeah. probably in the 40s or the low 50s. Yep, okay. Yeah, cool. Towards, it's not the worst episode, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's just a middle episode. <laughs> you middle know, episode. It's, yeah, it's fine, but yeah. it's not amazing. It's <laughs> never going to be a classic. <laughs> no. Even though it's got the picture, um, you know, that's a one-off thing. That's a, a, a Seinfeld uh, you know something that's so uh, important for for Seinfeld as like just a pop culture vehicle. Yeah, it is. But the episode itself, you know, the portrait could have been in any episode, and it would have had the same amount of uh, guffaws, laughs. <laughs> oh, not just that. It would just you know it would have been as iconic regardless of what episode it was in. Sure. You know. Um, yeah, so probably 40 or 50 or something like that. All good. Yes. Cool. Do you have any Seinfeldisms this week? I have two, actually. Awesome. So, um, my partner, Janina, so she told me um, this the other day. So, she was walking to work, and she bought this new pair of shoes, and one of them actually makes like a swooshing sound when she walks. It's like a squeak swoosh kind of thing. So, <laughs> and, and she went up to me the other day and said, Ivan, 
I feel like George. And I'm like, George, what do you mean? She goes, you know how his pants swished in that episode? I'm like, yeah. She goes, my shoes like squeak and they swish when I walk in them. I feel like George. And nice. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to mention that next week. That's awesome. Yes. And Mother Seinfeldism, there's a new person who, uh, I think she moved department, so she used to be in the call centre, but now she's in our team. Mm-hmm. Um, her name's Elaine. Oh, wow. And her uh, avatar, so we have Google Hangouts at work, and her avatar is Elaine. Oh, from, nice. Uh, Seinfeld, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hopefully she's a massive fan. I hope so, too. Tell her about the podcast. Yeah, I haven't spoken to her yet. I'll, I might okay. talk to her next time. Say, just hey, be real unsubtle and better, but like, hey, I do a podcast. Listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll just be like, my name's George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. <laughs> you do a podcast, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. She wants to go on a date with you. She stops what she's doing and swivels a chair and looks at you like really, you know, longingly. And then Janina's like on the other end, you know, glaring at me. Oh, yeah. no, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing a Nina. So tell me about this, Elaine. Yeah. <laughs> Janina, Nina. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Works out. It works out well. Indeed. Serendipitous. Serendipitous. Nice. Life imitating art. Indeed. What are your Seinfeldisms slash Seinfeldisms? So, because I was in Germany, mm. uh, I was in Brisbane uh, over Christmas, and uh, I'm always on the lookout for, for Seinfeldisms when I'm in a new place, because it's sort of, you know, un- an untapped resource. <laughs> uh, but I only got one from Germany, okay. and I was keeping an eye out. So, I was driving uh, through a town, and I saw a company called Schneider and Littmann. Fabulous. Yes. Which is very pertinent to this episode. And they went under as well, eventually. Yes. Got bought out by... <laughs> by Japanese conglomerates. That's right. Well, they almost did. Yeah. And then uh, then either Schneider or Lippmann screwed it up because he had a cold that's and they right. misunderstood his, what he was saying. Yeah, and that's yep, right. It all just fell to it shit. It all fell to shit. They, yep. probably went, they probably broke up after they uh, after you left. Yes. They probably disbanded. Like yeah. that day you left. Or when I go back, yeah. um, you know, I'll see if they're still there. It'll just be like a, like a, like a sign falling You'll off the post. You'll see a full lease sign yeah. at the yep. front of the building. Bloody hell. Bloody that, hell. That flu that fucks flu. up everything. Indeed. Yes. Uh, now, you've got the Seinfeld trivia. Yes, um, I do. It's from a uh, 2018 calendar. <laughs> yeah, we still need to get the 2019 one. We have to. Uh, but, yeah. still, we There are so many unread facts from it. We could probably use it for the next five years and no one would know. How the, why the hell not? Yeah. We just won't I reckon each year they just reprint it with the same fact. Probably do. You know. Yeah. Maybe you've or got... Or they, they just reorder them. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah. I We're reading, you, like, yeah. no, 2019, like, hang on, I read this in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you someone's kept them all and been like hang on where do they sit in every yeah, day yeah. let me get this trivia fact and I'll yeah. go through them hey this was in January 18 last year now it's in November 3rd what is this I'm on to them re-gifting us god damn it with trivia <laughs> facts um, for four years as a young comedian in the 1980s Jerry Seinfeld walked around the city night after night to hit clubs hit the club hit the club he'd go 18 months in a row without one night off Nice. 18 months in a row. Goodness. That's pretty he, good. He, yes. He tape recorded his his routines, rather, then analyzed them to improve by the next night. Paid off. He did. Yes. That's why he's uh, the master of his domain. And that's why he's being sued for selling a knockoff Porsche. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's Didn't why really one, do his research there, That's why $1.5 million is chump change to him. Pretty so much, yeah. doesn't care. <laughs> he does just pull it out of his back pocket. Yeah, left a know. voicemail and forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> if I left a voicemail promising to pay one, someone $1.5 million... I would follow up on that. Maybe we could use that as fodder for uh, future season 10 episodes. Oh, you know what would be awesome? Yeah. If we could somehow get our hands on that voicemail and then like <laughs> use it as the intro to... Season uh, 10. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do like another episode. That would be awesome. Um, season 10 is our bonus podcast series where uh, Stephen and I, we write out and we act out a plot with some dialogue of hypothetical season 10 episodes set in the modern era. It's been really fun so far. Yeah, that's right. We've done uh, seven episodes, I believe. Uh, if you're on Patreon, we've done eight as of this episode right. coming out. Yep. But I think for everyone else, we're up to episode five. Yep. Yes. Nice. As of recording. 
Yep. Mm. Uh, yeah. So if you want to uh, get in on that, plus a bunch of other goodies, go to patreon.com forward slash BIDWBASC. Yep. Uh, we've got a few different tiers uh, and you can sign up for for uh, various amounts per month. Indeed. And, uh, you get season 10 and a whole bunch of other stuff. And we have a revamped $5 a month tier now for content creators. So right. if you have a YouTube channel, another podcast or... You know, if you're an artist like Nina and you want to show off your work, you know, uh, let us know. Paint a bunch of squiggly lines. Exactly. (laughs) And um, for four weeks, obviously in that month, you get a 30-second promo of your content. Nice. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, send us a copy and we'll read it out for you. Sounds good. For $5. It's a good deal. Yeah, pretty good deal. Very good deal. Indeed. Indeed. You can also say hello, uh, get in touch with us, uh, do whatever you want to us or with us or for us (laughs) on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram. You can even paint portraits of us. If you want to. The Stephen and the Ivan, if you're so inclined. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. We're also on Twitter. Uh, just search, but I don't want to be a secondary character or Seinfeld on either of them. We'll come up. Yep. Uh, we're on every podcast service. Uh, what would really be amazing if you want to help us out uh, is if you want to leave a five-star review. Um, it really helps us in a lot of ways. Um, and if you want to spread the word as well, if you want to tell a friend or a fellow Seinfeld fan yep. or someone who maybe isn't a fan and maybe will become a fan by us shitting on about secondary <laughs> characters. Who knows? And uh, also, very important, push that subscribe button. If you only listen to like one or two episodes and you're yep. like, oh, these guys sound pretty good, hit subscribe. Yep. That helps a lot too. For sure. You never miss episodes. And finally, if you want to email us, podcast at gmail.com. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. Next week, we are taking part in the New York Marathon and making sure our alarms work. Uh, we're talking about Season seven's The Hot Tub. Nice. Jean-Paul Jean and a few other characters. Can't wait. Yes, can't wait. Uh, yeah, so that's it for another week. Thanks again to Stacey, uh, my very dear friend and our very dear uh, co-host, um, occasional guest, but now officially a co-host. A co-host, yes. Um, for filling again for the last, filling in again for the last two weeks, much appreciated. Just got to get uh, that third microphone working, and right. uh, and we're set. Yes. And a big thanks again to Nick and Lachlan from Podcast Picture This, who had us on as guests. That's right. So uh, we'll put that link in the show notes, and you can listen to us and other episodes. Love the love, love the thanks. Yes. It's all uh, it's all positive. It's, it's all, all good, indeed. Yes. All good. It's all spreading the posy vibes. All good, mate. I'm jumping in the hot tub and uh, waiting for next week. Sounds good. Catch you later. Hey, Krim. Hi, Mike.